Amen. I have to confess that the third chapter of James has not been kind to me. Uh, in fact, it has been pretty uh, condemning. I was uh, taken to the woodshed by God. You know that expression? as I started to read this chapter this past week, and I winced as James reminded me again of who we are called to be. That the power we have in our tongues is something not to take lightly. You see, earlier this week, I had spent the morning pretty much bad-mouthing something, someone for uh, what they had done and, and, then, and said, and then I sat down to read these words from James. The tongue is a fire. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. So as your pastor, I ask for your forgiveness. Uh, But we've all been there before, haven't we? Uh, Most of the time, the damage we do with our tongues, we don't catch it. We we say something and we just kind of move on. But every once in a while we're convicted or we're found out, and we are reminded again of the power of the tongue. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. And as James is talking about this, he kind of backs into this statement talking about the tongue. uh, But he starts out by talking about teachers and teaching. And, and, And he starts out in James Uh, three, one, saying this, and he makes a bold statement. He says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. James starts with a statement about teaching and then launches into a discussion about the tongue. And it's a surprising statement coming from James because he is the leader of the church, the Jerusalem church, that not many should pursue teaching. But there's a reason He says, because we will be judged with greater strictness. Those who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And it makes me shudder, especially as I have to confess about my tongue. And did you notice that James includes himself in the statement? He says, know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. He's he's not taking himself off the hook. It's It's a statement of the incredible importance of the teaching profession and how we have been entrusted with the responsibility to lead people into the truth. We should not take it lightly. We should approach it with a humility and a reverence and an understanding that that we as teachers are dealing with eternal consequences, sharing the truth of God. That's why we should pray for all of those who are teachers especially those who teach in the church, Sunday school teachers, pastors, small group leaders. We need your prayers for wisdom because we have been entrusted with such a great responsibility. As I said, James starts out with talking about those who teach, and then he launches into a discussion about the tongue. So he starts with the teachers, and then he launches into all of us. This is for all of us. And that's because what we say is important. He starts with teachers and broadens the, the discussion out to all of us. And, and so you that don't teach, you're not off the hook either. No, he's telling us we need to learn how to control ourselves, especially our tongues. 
And in fact, James has already introduced us to this idea back in chapter 1, verse 26, when he said this, If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongue, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Their religion is what? Worthless. If you cannot bridle your tongue, your religion is worthless. Let that sink in for a moment. James doesn't pull any punches here, does he? So he he started that in chapter 1, and now he's reintroducing this metaphor of a bridle and a bit. In James 3.3, he says this, If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Those of you who uh, know horses understand this idea. A small bit put into the mouth of a horse, a trained horse, controls everything the horse does. It... It's an interesting metaphor, but James then goes on and he uses another metaphor right after, just so we have a clear picture of what he's talking about. In verse 3, he says this, Or look at ships, though they are so large that it takes strong winds to dry them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Isn't it amazing? A small bit can control a huge, powerful horse. A small rudder can control a huge vessel. It's way out of proportion, isn't it, to what it can do? And it's the same way with the tongue, as James is saying. If we can control our tongue, we can control our whole body. It's such a small thing in comparison, but it has incredible power for good or for evil. So we read on here in James verse 3, 3, 5. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. Our words have incredible consequences, especially for those who teach, especially for those who claim Jesus as Savior. Our words have consequences. Our words, our tongues are literally fire. How many lives have been burned by our words? How many lives have been destroyed by the fire of our words? We read a couple of the testimonies, but when we were at CETA at Nova just uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was shocked to hear the words that were used by other students. Vicious, burning words. But not just the students. The words that many of these students hear from their parents as well are burning. And it was sad at times. There, thankfully, was great healing that took place for many of these students as they they realized those words weren't true and they could place those aside and, and reach for the truth of who they are and who God is. We have words that are setting our children on fire. And and you could see the scars in their souls from these words. The tongue is a fire capable of corrupting the entire body. It is, as James states, set on fire by hell. You see, if we are not diligent in our discipline of our tongue, we can be easily influenced by evil and become instruments of hell. How many of you want to be known for that? Set on fire for hell. That should make us all shudder in repentance. Lord, have mercy. Church, we have become too lazy in our speech many times. 
myself included. With it, we praise God and curse our brother. This should not be. Too often we throw around gossip like a flame in a tinderbox. We jab and undercut others, and often we are oblivious to the damage that we do. It reminds me of a time once where we were driving. This was many years ago, and I can't even remember when it was, but we are driving down the highway, and there was this pickup truck uh, towing a fifth wheel. And the, the safety chain was dragging on the ground, and sparks were flying up everywhere. Have you, any of y'all ever seen that before? And, and they were catching fire to the median into the side of the road. And in fact, it eventually caught fire to the fifth wheel. And, and it was a divided highway, and, and cars coming the other way started flashing and honking. And, and, you know, and this guy's just driving. He's oblivious to the flames that he's setting behind him. Eventually, he did pull over when the fifth wheel burned up. That's the way it is with our tongue as well. Not only does it burn the people around us, but, but ourselves as well. Tongues of fire. But here's the thing. Fire can also be good as, too, can it? A fire can be a, a tool of good or destruction. We've talked about its destructive properties, but in the right place, fire can warm someone who is cold. Fire can produce energy. But what's the difference between the two? Between destruction or safety and warmth. What's the difference? Control. Isn't it? Unchecked, a fire becomes destructive. But controlled, a fire can bring good. How we control or not control make all the difference. So the question is, who's going to control our tongue? How are we going to discipline the tongue so that we are more and more praising God with it? And not putting others down or boasting of our own deeds. And as I reread James this week, I couldn't help but, but think of another passage in our Bible that talks about tongues of fire. In the book of Acts at Pentecost, you know the story. The Holy Spirit came down on those first disciples and it says like a tongue of fire. And we read in Acts chapter 2 these words. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. We understand that, don't we? We, we who live in West Texas, we understand that. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Such a cool passage. You see, this is how our tongues should be on fire. Lit on fire by the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit sets our tongues on fire, then miracles happen. For the disciples, you remember what happened? They began to speak in other languages. Because at the time, all these people from outside Jerusalem, from other countries, they were there in Jerusalem uh, celebrating together. And, and those people could hear their native tongue being spoken by these disciples who didn't know how to speak that language. And it says that about 3,000 people were added to the church that day. What kind of tongue do you want? What kind of tongue of fire do you want to be known for? Hell or heaven? See, I, I want us to be a people that have our tongues set ablaze by the power of the Holy Spirit. Tongues that speak life and grace and hope and peace and encouragement and truth. Tongues that are quick to praise God. Tongues that lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ. So here's my challenge for you today and for this week. 
I want you to think about these questions. First, what typically issues from your mouth first? Praise or put down? When you're driving? Oh yeah, I'm getting personal. I'm getting personal. And someone pulls right in front of you? What issues from your mouth first? That's a good one. I like that. You might, you, that's a good, hey neighbor. This is my neighbor. I'm to love them. So it's a change of attitude. It's a change of perspective because we don't know what's going on in that person's life. And we might want to say, oh, praise God, Lord, would you help them in whatever they're dealing with today? Because I have no idea what's going on in their life. Because I've never cut anyone off in my driving. <laughs> I've never done anything wrong. What typically issues from your mouth first, praise or put down? Second, do I need to confess and repent for how I've been speaking? Third, what kind of tongue of fire will I be known for this week? Here it is. I'm, I'm praying that every word that issues from your mouth this week, that it would be benefiting for those around you and for you as a follower of Christ. In fact, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would burn you <laughs> when you don't speak his praise, that you would actually recognize it. Because so, so often we just we don't even recognize it, do we? It, it becomes habit that we don't even recognize. I'm praying that all of us are convicted of the words that we speak, that no careless word would come from our mouth, that we would ever be increasing our faith and our control of the tongue. That is my prayer for us this week. Let us pray.